I'm Steph G, co-founder of G Beauty. I'm an entrepreneur and a beauty expert, and you're listening to the Vitamin G Podcast. I'm on a quest to dig deeper into self-improvement in health, wellness, beauty, relationships, and entrepreneurship. This is Vitamin G, your recommended dose of that little something extra that inspires us to get to the next level. Dietitian, nutritionist, best-selling author, and mother of three, Alana Malstein, MSRD, is a highly sought-after global health and wellness expert. Her rise to fame has been fueled by her relatable wellness journey and sharp intellect. At the age of 13, Alana weighed over 200 pounds and struggled with weight loss, emotional eating, and ineffective diets. She became a dietitian at the first opportunity and used everything she learned to lose those 100 pounds and maintain her weight loss. Her mission is to show people that a healthy lifestyle is easier and much more attainable than they think. She loves to empower people through their journey, free them from their insecure pastimes, and take them into the next amazing chapter of their lives. Alana has developed a best-selling weight loss program called The To Be Mindset and is the author of the Wall Street Journal's best-selling book, You Can Drop It. Alana completed her Bachelor of Science degree in Nutrition and Dietetics at the University of Maryland and her clinical dietetic internship at the City of Hope Medical Center. She also holds a Master of Science and a degree in Applied Nutrition from Northeastern University. Welcome, Alana, to the Vitamin G Podcast. I am so, so, so thrilled for this podcast episode because it is one of my greatest teachers in wellness, nutrition, living a healthy lifestyle. It is the one and only Alana Malstein, founder of To Be Mindset, and really such a leader and inspiration in my life. I am so excited to pick your brain and to really unpack everything you do because you help millions and millions of people. Welcome to Vitamin G, Alana. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So sweet. Yes, of course. So for those who do not know, I found you on TikTok in January of 2021. And it was really one of those aha moments where I had been struggling for majority of my life on what to eat, what made me feel good, body issues, being consumed with diet culture. And I had this moment where I saw one of your TikToks all about volume eating that gave me such enlightenment because I had never even heard that term before. And that's where it all sparked. And I'm always so grateful to social media because without it, I would have never found out about your program. And three years later, I'm still subscribed. I absolutely love the program, To Be Mindset, the Facebook chat, everything. So I would love for you to share, Alana, how you started and how you got to this place because it is something transformative. First of all, that's so sweet. I don't think I knew that, Mm -hmm. that you found me on TikTok at all. That's how I I found you. I did not realize that. I wonder what video. I know. It was prior to watching, prior to getting on TikTok, I had started getting all these videos about manifestation particularly on Instagram and all about visualization and manifestation. And so I was writing out all these, I guess, affirmations of who I wanted to be. And one of them was losing X amount of weight and how I would feel and I would feel lighter. And then when I saw your Um, video right away, I don't know what prompted me, but right away I got your ebook or your audio book on Audible. And I would go, this was during the pandemic. So going for walks was really the only event of the day. And I would go for walks and listen to the book. And every time I went for a walk, I would replay chapters because you don't always fully listen. 
And right at the beginning of the book were your mantras and how it was all about mindset. And it just all clicked because it is visualization and manifestation, but also action and really yeah. knowing yourself. So that's, yeah, that's how I found you. Oh, I love it. And yeah, shout out to the You Can Drop It audiobook. It is really, I, I mean, people literally tell me to listen to it 18 times um, and they love it. So yes, I had so much fun recording that audiobook. Like I really pictured like you in mind, like mm. the reader in mind, like what is she going through? And I, I just, I love it. I love that people listen to it and uh, get success from it. Um, okay. So a little bit about me. Uh, I grew up in New York City. My parents got divorced at when I was four years old, my siblings were very like different in ages. So my older siblings are much older than me. My parents were divorced and I was alone a lot. And I really think I coped with all of that and all the changes and all the drama of the family with eating. And I became an emotional eater at a really young age, uh, unconsciously. And I started gaining a lot of weight, like a really unhealthy amount of weight and started noticeably being the largest person in the grade as early as five, six years old. My doctor started becoming very, very concerned about it. Every doctor's appointment it was a discussion. It was more drama and what are we doing about her and what's going to be. And at eight years old, my doctor, my parents basically just had enough with no other good solution, they decided to send me to fat camp, weight loss camp. Um, and at eight years old, I went for nine weeks to weight loss camp and you got weighed in and measured. You took before pictures and after pictures. You would do cardio for 10 hours a day and eat portion controlled meals. And it was highly restrictive, but at the same time, I didn't really know different because I was eight and just rolling with it. I lost a lot of weight, but obviously came back home to my old ways and just gained it all back and more. So to rebound that, I just went back to fat camp and I ended up doing this yo-yo pattern for eight years. Like as long as I can remember just losing 30 pounds in the summer and then gaining 50 back every school year until I was at my highest weight. I was well over 200 pounds. And I was only 13 years old going into high school. I just changed my mindset and I was like, enough's enough, right? Like I can't keep depending on weight loss camp. I now actually want to spend the summers with my school friends. I don't want to take this excess weight and baggage and unhealthy relationship I have with food into the next chapter of my life. Like I am ready for a fresh start. I'm ready to do this. Because prior in my very immature minds, I always thought there would just be a quick fix. And I think people to this day, like everyone just wants it to be a pill, a surgery, everything, but it has to be a lifestyle, you know, like now into like two years since a lot of my private clients have had access to Ozempic, like I have so many private clients, like they took it, their, their gallbladders removed, they got viciously sick, they got like, they went off it for a few months, they gained all their weight back. Like they didn't make any healthy changes. They lost muscle. Like it's, we want to believe there's like a quick fix out of here. We're like, get to this point of such desperation and feeling like we're in such a rut that we'll do anything and throw money and, blah, 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 and our energy and our, our social lives to anything. Um, and I, I was at that place of desperation, but thankfully 
with the experience of many years of registered dietitians teaching me in nutrition classes at camp every summer, a sense of balance or, you know, some healthier guidelines. I was like, okay, I've seen my parents do all the quick fix bad diets. My parents cycled through skins and everything, everything and more. And I watched all that and I realized it failed. I realized being too restrictive and having too idealistic of a scenario in the summer is not going to work for the practicality of a school year. So I needed a better way. And I decided to create my own way. I decided to take my like funky personality who loves cheerleading slogans and, you know, little catchphrases and take some healthy qualities that I knew could work in the school year, leave everything that didn't and start to really make something work. And I lost about 50 pounds over this, over high school, feeling so much better, um, and maintaining the weight loss from that last summer and really gotten to a very good place. And so many people were asking me, like my friend's mom's like, Alana, what are you doing? Like, how are you losing all this weight? You're 17, you're 16. Like, what are you doing? I'm struggling like crazy at my you know, Weight Watcher meetings, like, what are you doing that's different? And I realized I really liked talking about it. I really liked sharing this gift that felt like such an enlightenment. Like, wow, I'm still me. I'm still just eating. I'm still loving food. I'm just a better version of myself. And I'm not feeling deprived and I'm not counting calories and I'm not working out like crazy. And it's just, it's working. And so everyone wanted to hear about it and I wanted to talk about it. So I decided I needed the utmost credibility in the space in order to make it a a career. So I became a registered dietitian. I got my master's degree in nutrition uh, while losing my last, you know, 25 pounds and having my three kids and uh, really turned it into an amazing program with the help of UCLA, where I was teaching this weight loss course to hundreds of people every year while having my private clients in Beverly Hills and really kind of like formatted everything that was working for me and in research and in, you know, private practice experience and in my seminars of what works for all cultures and all ages and all obstacles. Um, what's a working formula. And I turned it into a program called the to be mindset, which is amazing. And now, you know, thankfully there are hundreds of thousands of people around the world doing it. Um, I was just tagged in a woman posted this delicious recipe and it's all in French And she tagged me to it. And I'm like, okay, now I need you to decode it. And she's French Canadian in Quebec and kind of, you know, walking me through what she's doing. And that's really the beauty of the program is it's spun off into a a real movement, like way beyond me. Like I really learned from everyone else in it. And it helps me stay on track and maintain my weight loss through new obstacles that I get faced with, just like having three young kids and having a very hard time getting sleep in. So, um, it's amazing. And now I have a book. You can drop it. That also has the audio book. And that's really like a weight loss book. Weight loss philosophy walks you through that really goes deep into emotional eating beyond my weight loss program. And it's just a different format. And now I have my upcoming, really exciting, my cookbook, uh, which is awesome. And we have a to be mindset, super block, like a four week kind of awesome walk you through day by day program with the to be mindset. just Lots of fun things. Mm-hmm. And the dinnerware, which is so genius because it's awesome. There is so much to having that visual, but something in your hands, you know, that you can use as that measure. So, Alana, with yeah. all that you went through in your own life, where did you or when did you realize that the mindset was such a huge part of it? Because that is something that 
I resonated with right away, particularly in your book, because from the first chapter or the intro, I believe you really talk about that mindset. And that's something most diets miss. And you always say this in your intros online that not only did you lose a hundred pounds, but you kept it off. And so I believe because I've lived your program, that mindset is the, you know, the chain that holds it all together. But how did you come to that realization? Honestly, there are some things I've learned in practice later on that work that I did. And I don't know where I actually thought to do it because Mm -hmm. one thing I know for certain today, and I've seen it literally working with, I'll never forget one of my clients at UCLA. And this is over a decade, like really painted this. Like, I'm like, she's like, I'm having a hard time because that, and she basically said it. She's like, I'm saying no carbs, no carbs, no carbs, because she was just going based on whatever. This is like before she like had my seminar. So I'm saying no carbs, no carbs, no carbs. But then I went to a family barbecue and you know, it's rice, it's pasta, it's chips with the dip. And like, how am I ever going to lose this weight? And I'm like, okay, walk me through what else was there. And turned out in her phone, she had a background picture of the buffet. And yes, those things were there, but there was a salad in the corner. There was shredded beef. There was like some, uh, some crudite on the side mm. and it was all there. But I realized at that point, she's saying no carbs, no carbs, no carbs. And all her brain is hearing is carbs, 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 carbs. And then when it came very real to me, like, wow, like everyone who says no sugar or no carbs and all this stuff or no cake or no sweets or whatever, their mind can't differentiate between the no and all it does is fixate on that food. Mm. And that's when it came really relevant to me of like, wow, I need to try to never use the word no ever. And so like, you'll look at my social media, you're like, even today, I wanted to tell people don't go to the grocery store hungry, but, and go with a list. But I realized like that even of itself sounds negative. So I wrote and said, like, make sure to go in full and with the list, like, mm. because our brain works when it's action positive oriented, well, it works. What you tell it is what it does. Mm. Right. And so when you focus on what you want to do versus on what you don't want to do, you will do more of the right thing and less of the other as a result. And it's interesting because I didn't tell myself that, but inherently I did that. I just really was like, in a practical sense, Alana, what do you need to do? Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, I need to eat more veggies. Like that was step one is there's something I could actually tolerate. And at weight loss camp, everything was restricted. Everything was, you waited on like a two hour line to get your meal and that's all you got. And that was it. And the one thing they let you go back seconds for was salad, was veggies. And all the other kids on my table, they would eat like their portion controlled pizza and their whatever, whatever they got. but they would barely touch their veggies or they would finish them, but they would never go back for a second. For me, I was always like gaming the system. I was always like, how do I get more? So I would always go up for the seconds. Like if it was an option to get more food, I was taking that option. A lot of other kids like snuck food and like hid candy and and teddy bears. I never did that. I never did that. I was always excited to drop as much weight as I could in the summer. Mm -hmm. But if they told me I could have unlimited veggies, I was going to do it. So one of the first steps I did moving back into school and like taking this on my own was like, just do, just keep doing that at home. Just keep doing that at home. And it was much more of a, like, I didn't tell myself don't eat chips at night, but it was much more like, what if I 
just slather the broccoli with butter and salt and see if that works while I'm mindlessly watching television because I'm getting the flavor and maybe it'll work. And at that weight, believe me, it doesn't matter. Like if you're just getting started, don't be afraid of butter. It doesn't have to be steamed. Like when you're eating broccoli, it works. And those little enlightenments just kept me going along the way as I started, you know, then later tackling the deeper stuff, like the emotional eating and so forth. But um, I don't know where I got that positive focus thing. I'm so grateful I did. I do think I'm wired positive. Mm -hmm. And so I was very frustrated that I was actually pretty popular when I was a hundred pounds heavier. I still had friends. People still wanted to hang out with me, even though internally I was so depressed and insecure. I didn't show it um, to the outside. And I think it really bothered me that I have this secret identity Mm -hmm. of like someone who wants to be in fashionable clothes, but has to pretend like I like these, you know, emo big t-shirt skater style look when I was actually very like feminine and wished and prayed I could wear dresses. So, um, I think I was just fed up of -hmm. that, of having uh, that lack of identity. And it just pushed me towards practicality. In your home was what you, how, the way your relationship started with food, you talked about, you know, being on your own a lot, but when you were with your family, were they making better choices or were you really just following suit of their choices when it came to food and their mindsets? You know, my dad went to so much therapy over this and like now he's the healthiest he's ever been at 67 years old because he's doing my program and going to Pilates every day. And I give him so much credit, but he struggled with his weight for like four or five decades, like just straight, just struggled, struggled, struggled. And he is like, it's really amazing for anyone listening. Don't worry if you're not healthy and not energetic now. Like he is living proof. You could be 10 times healthier in your late sixties than you were in your thirties and forties. Um, and he went to a therapist. Uh, he always tells me this story that he went to a therapist over the fact that his kids were overweight and like, were taking on his battle and he'll never forget. He always says that it was a Friday night meal, which is a traditional Shabbat meal as I grew up. And this sounds so disgusting to me today that I can't believe I did this at nine, but it really is like kids do what they see. And basically, I mean, your audience, if they're not traditional Jews are going to be like, this is horrible, but basically it's like a big like slab of challah bread, which is delicious. And then my dad was looking down the table and watched his like nine-year-old daughter do this. Then I took mayonnaise, which was on the table as a default, just mm-hmm. mayonnaise on the table with big challah bread. <laughs> um, definitely not a habit I brought into my home now moving forward with my kids. But then I was slabbing the mayonnaise on the challah bread. And then I put on horseradish, which again is bizarre that a nine-year-old was doing this, but she was watching her dad. And then gefilte fish, which is like our fish loaf. And then another big slab of challah. And then eating this like 400 calorie sandwich as an appetizer Mm -hmm. going into the meal. And my dad said he like had a therapy session where he was, you know, complaining that he doesn't want his kids to struggle. And then looking across the table and seeing his daughter perform the same unhealthy habits that he does and just like feeling so defeated in his mind. And so I think for me, it was always, 
I had no healthy role models. Like it really is true. Like I had zero healthy role models as a kid. I had either highly restrictive, unrealistic camp, or I had my mom's stack of Atkin bars, Mm -hmm. you know, or like on versus off all or nothing extreme type of eating with no kind of healthy balance in between. Mm. And high school really transformed me because I started becoming friends with the suburban kids. Mm. And I was a city kid and we were all kind of like, had our like nannies take a lot of care of us and divorced parents and things like that. This is just when I was growing up and I didn't have a, had a small group of friends and, but I still, it was a lot I was walking to school, stopping at the bodega. So it didn't really, it was no structure, no positive role models. But going into high school, I went to a more suburban high school and I started becoming friends with those families and those moms. And I would sit at the meal and I'd be like, oh, okay, there are potatoes on the table. There's a salad on the table. There's salmon on the table. And they're all kind of having a little bit of everything. And the mom's actually going on a run And it's not because she's saying that she has to lose 20 pounds. It's like, she's just a runner. And like, I, there were a few moms who I really learned from, and I'm still very close with to this day and got recipes from, for my cookbook, actually Uh, shout out to Ruth Borgen and Dr. Borgen. And uh, yeah, so like, I think I always sought after positive role models. And to this day, when I meet a kid's mom or I meet an elderly woman who is beautiful and refined and has great posture and is at a really healthy weight in her 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s. Literally, I will be like a moth to a flame. I find that woman. I sit down. I look at her in the eye and I say, tell me every single thing, which is probably what you do on skincare with your mom totally. who has flawless skin. But I do that with nutrition. I say, Walk me through top to bottom. Oh, honey, it's not a big deal. And I'll be like, oh, come on. How often do you use the scale? Oh, not often. How often is not often? Oh, just a few times a week, every week for your whole life. Oh yeah. Okay. Every week for your life. Got it. Thanks. Like I always, I get these little bit, how much water do you drink? Oh, how much tea? What do you have for dinner? What's breakfast? So, and it turns out they're always doing one form or another of my program, the Mm -hmm. 2B mindset, because it literally has all of those influences in it and really like practical, you know, how I lost my weight, what's based on research, like through my dietetics, you know, studies, but also finding healthy minded people Mm -hmm. who find a way to seamlessly in a relaxed fashion, maintain a healthy weight and lifestyle. How can we tap into that? They're not calorie counting. They're not macro counting. They don't have a food scale in their kitchen and they're not weighing everything. They're not telling themselves that they can't eat X, Y, and Z when they go on vacation or out. It's a different focus. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I try to share with the world and anyone struggling is like this middle ground, unbelievable sanctuary that we call the 2B mindset. Can you tell us what the 2B mindset principles are or what your weight loss philosophy is? Sure. And everything again has so much research behind it. Um, but again, it's focusing on what really works for the largest results, but the minimal stress, mm-hmm. you know, like what feels just livable. I went mm-hmm. out six times this past weekend. Like everyone says things slow down for, you know, after the new year, I, I'm going, I literally went out all weekend and 
maintain my weight, had healthy choices, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's how it, that's how it works. That's how life is. You can't like be scanning in an app something, you know, when you're okay. going out and you don't want to not eat because you're on a medicine and, and not be able to socialize and enjoy an experience. So, um, I have four core principles that you really learn in depth within the book, within the program and so forth. Um, water first, we always think we're hungry. Really. We're just thirsty. A lot of studies go and prove that 16 ounces of water first prior to meals help people eat less at the following meal without having to overthink it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always like, I have to eat less. I have to have small portions. Blah, blah, blah. I don't like to focus on the negative. I don't like to have to, t- if I told myself all day, I have to eat less. I will feel less. I will feel less satisfied. So a lot of hacks involved in how to just make you feel full. Uh, We always need more water than we need food. We never think. We're always impulsive. We run in from out of the house, from errands all day. We go straight for the fridge, straight for the pantry, straight for whatever snack is in our bars in our console and not make a good choice. So we always slow down, realize we're not starving. We're just hungry. We need something to eat. Always start with that water first, and uh, that's why my five, eight, sixteen glasses, my my wine, water, whiskey glasses that I have in my store has sixteen because it's a small, subtle etching. But added when I'm hosting dinner at my house, I really keep that in mind. It makes a huge difference. So uh, water first, veggies most. Again, kind of tapped into it. No one ever steered wrong going veggies. If you look at the Mediterranean diet, if you look at keto, if you look at low carb, if you look at, uh, you know, anything, anything that people have done over the years where they've had success, it always includes that you eat more veggies. They're the best food group, especially if you love to eat a lot, you can't overeat them really. And, uh, they're always delicious. There's nothing you can't do to them. You can turn them into fries, into pasta, into stews, into soups, into sexy salads, whatever you want. Um, and then the scale, big believer of the scale. Uh, in the three decades or two decades that trainers really took the reins and told people to go by like what they see in the mirror, how their body feels. And we kind of stigmatized the scale for a long time. Our obesity rates just skyrocketed not an emotional indicator of your self-worth. It is just a measure, just a number. And when you have a healthy relationship with it, you actually don't have to do other extreme things. Mm -hmm. And you realize you actually don't have to make yourself crazy in order to see it go down. You can live a very healthy life. And so I teach people how to navigate that relationship and look at it and understand the fluctuations and trust the process and the tractor. So one key thing that works from Weight Watchers or even people who calorie count, one of the reasons why those things have had any success with a person in their history is because they were essentially just keeping a food journal. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge piece of the puzzle. So I basically take all the good from that and leave the headache. So, um, and also include a lot of wellness. So like, did you poop? And it's funny because my daughter my daughter's stomach has been hurting for the last like two, three weeks. And we can't really decide what it is. So we have, we're going to get her tested. Maybe it's a food allergy or whatever. But I was like, wow, Olivia, like it actually didn't hurt today. Let's recall what you ate. Cause this is what I would do with any patient, even who ha- didn't have weight loss. It's just mm-hmm. any sort of gastroenterologist patient. So what we've been keeping, I got her a little tracker and we've been writing down what she had and she loves the poop emoji. She goes, mommy, I did not poop today. Don't let her listen to it. But um, yeah, like you got to know these things. You got to know how much you sleep. And it's, and it keeps, and I designed one that really keeps you in a positive framework. So you're always thinking about 
why today was great and all mm. these things. Cause if you don't channel your emotions properly, sometimes they steer towards food. Um, and we use food for the wrong reasons and all and so forth. So these are the core four principles and I walk people through them one by one in a smart way. So they could drop pounds in a way that feels very empowering. So it's not like you're dropping pounds because you're doing something exactly the way someone told you. Like you're not saying, okay, it has to be four ounces of chicken breast. And then you get invited out to sushi. These are tools that you can take with you in any country, anywhere on any budget at any point in your life. It's exactly that because of course there's times where I'm really tapped into Tubi and I'm active in the Facebook chat or I'm watching all the videos on Beachbody and then there's times where I'm not as connected. You always have the best. What makes you an expert is that you always have a solution for a problem. And I think that that's what people really look for when they're struggling. And so on all your private videos, but even on live, on Instagram, wherever you are you know, expressing your philosophies, there's always a solution. And I remember um, you had talked about the closer you are to the charcuterie board, the more likely you are that your, you know, waistline will be bigger. And you just have these things in your mind. They're kind of in your unconscious. And then when you're at the experience, you notice, do I really need those nuts? Or can I just hold my, you know, put my two hands around my glass of water? And those Alana-isms become part of you, whether or not you're fully two feet in. And what I also appreciate is that you share on your Instagram, when the scale goes up for you, you bring it back down by following your principles. You aren't afraid to go out to dinner. You will have a glass of alcohol if you want to. And similar to your point about really digging into people that you admire who just do this more effortlessly or maintain their weight more effortlessly, I love reading Reddit threads. And a thread that I always read is how naturally slim people kind of the mindset around naturally slim people. And people will say, I lived with a roommate who was naturally slim and I always found it so interesting because she'd want a bag of chips, but she'd open it up and have a couple and they weren't exactly what she thought they would be. So she'd put it away. And it was just so not a big distraction. It was, if it didn't taste exactly how they wanted it, it just wasn't necessary to consume it. Yeah. And so that's what I feel to be mindset naturally brings into your life And also what I value is that you focus on abundance when weight loss can be all about everything smaller. You are the opposite in your wording. It's abundant, eat more, have more, drink more, walk more, do all the things more, more, more. And that's what somebody who is a volume eater really wants to hear. So that mindset. And that's what I need to hear. Like that's literally what I need. I mean, all these things are things that I... I've needed. And like the, even the eat more sure model where I walk people through like how to go for seconds, how to go for thirds, what to do for that bigger appetite is so important because so many people, they, they follow these restrictive diets or like, even they tell themselves, okay, it's only 1200 calories a day. Our body doesn't need the same amount of calories every single day. There are points where your PMS, where you might feel like you need more. And just because you had more than 1200 doesn't mean that and now has to be that you failed and now you should have the wheels fall off, right? Like it, you have to be able to navigate those gray areas when life gets tough and life gets different. Um, and I'm so glad you say that even the word mindset, by the way, just so you know, I don't know if I told you this, but like, I never used the word mindset before 2016. Like I didn't even know about it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything I ever led with. And when I, met with Beachbody with this amazing program that I really wanted to scale with the world. We tested it on 50 people and 
they all lost a lot of weight and had an incredible success. And one woman was like, I just don't. And when we were asking them, cause we didn't have a name for the program, they would be like, she's just changing my mindset. I don't know what it is. And she never said, don't eat the cake. But for some reason I look at it and I just don't want it. I don't know what that is, but my mindset is just completely shifted. Um, and so that's why we call the program to be mindset before I even really knew the definition of mindset. So, um, yeah, it really, it really works. I find that it works even in parenting. Mm -hmm. I catch myself saying like, you're not listening. And I'm like, that's not helping them. Like instead I, I, I say, look at me in the eyes with your ears open and try to process what I'm saying. Like you got it. You got to tell people what to do. You got to tell yourself what to do rather than what not to do. Because the beating up, blame, shame, guilt situation, roller coaster that people play with themselves is so negative. And when you have negative self-talk and you're berating yourself in your head for eating too much or or not looking the way you want, it's just so toxic. There's no way, like when I was younger, there's no way that you can be this like positive outside force and still have these lingering negative thoughts. Like something is going to give, you are going to lash out at an inappropriate point. And it's so nice to feel integral in your body and feel like you're doing the right things. You're telling yourself the nice things, the positive directions. And you can always kind of go back to that. Exactly. Um, by the way, I can't believe you go on Reddit. I'm terrified it. of Reddit. I, I just like avoid it. So it's funny because I don't always go on Reddit. I get fed Reddit threads through TikTok. I am a oh, huge consumer of TikTok. And so obviously it'll pick up on trends or things I'm interested in. And I get fed a lot of different threads. I'll either get threads on just general life advice or I'll get on, you know, my naturally slim roommate or my naturally slim cool. friend. And it's always so, it's exactly what you said. It's just, it's, they're just more, okay, intuitive, but they value the quality of the food more than having every single thing that they desire. And you know, to your point, it's kind of what would that version of myself look like? How would they act at the dining room table or how would they prepare their meals? And you also it's a level of indifference, yes, you know, and it's not giving it's it so much power. Hard. Right. It's, it's very hard. And then a lot of people get frustrated when they see a very slim person say like they're such a foodie or it's like a, a chef and people are like, oh, I don't trust that person. It's like, no, it's just, it's a different, it's a, it's a different relationship. And by the way, I don't necessarily have it. You know, there are those like very robotic engineers who could just eat slime all day. And as long as it keeps them going, they're fine. That is not the goal. Like, that's not what I'm trying to get people to. I love food so much. It's just like, it's finding that balance between obsessing and making food your number one thinking and being the robot. It's that happy medium where you... Food is fuel, but it's also a delicious fuel fuel that like really satisfies you. So you don't have to be preoccupied with it the rest of the day. And, and if that, you like that to, to chew a lot, you have all these incredible recipes to do that. I remember right. when I first made my first cloud pizza and it was so amazing because I got to eat this huge pizza all for myself and I had a weight loss day the yes. next morning. And I remember we had our, we had a one-on-one and you were like, well, then if you know what it is that creates that weight loss day, have more of that and didn't even register. It was just kind of, oh, I got lucky that day. But to your point, the tracker allows you to make that analysis. And it's also, you call out, I'm sure in in the book too, but if you have a few minutes to scroll, you have a few minutes to track, you have a few minutes to get on the scale. And it's just 
repetition. It's been three years, but it's still, there's still so much freshness and excitement to what you do. And um, I think the way that you position this all online is so incredible and it's energetic and it's solution forward. So was that a big challenge for you or was it very natural to just get on your phone and start showing these new mindset shifts and recipes because that is how I found you. I'm sure it's a lot of the way that people find you. Yeah, thanks. I um I am obsessed with social media, you know. My dad was telling me about his Pilates instructor. He's like, "She should really be on she should really be on social media." I'm like, "But it doesn't mean she's good at it." You know, mm-hmm. like there there is something to having a knack it. for it. Um and I will say I got very lucky that what I find to be so fun turns out to be like really good for getting the word out of what I do. Um, but in high school, Facebook just came out and they were only letting college students on Facebook. And you had to have a .edu email address, which meant you had a college email address in order to join. And at first it was just Harvard. And then they opened it up to, I think, all IVs. And then they opened it up to all colleges with that. You needed that email address. And I remember I was like a junior in high school and I was trying to apply early decision to Maryland so I can get the email address early. I remember like emailing Facebook and I'm like, I'm waiting on my thing. Can you just give it to me? Or like, I, I literally was like the first kid in my high school on Facebook. I was obsessed with it. I'm like, everyone needs to get on now. <laughs> and I was always the kid, like taking the pictures and doing the collages and making all that. So I, I do love social media. Mm-hmm. I always had a hard time with Instagram feed when it was really perfect photos because yes. I'm very imperfect and very impatient. And so I would do all the stories and then I would hire someone to get me the perfect photo mm-hmm. and to be like really anal retentive and really make sure that everything was positioned correctly. And that the, and remember it was all that infographics and, mm-hmm. and you had to have this, these perfect photos and these perfect edits and this perfect caption. And so I would basically hire someone because I wasn't good at that and then kind of like fill it all in my stories. And then I got really lucky that in 2020 TikTok came out and stories became the feed mm-hmm. where like videos became the feed. And that's where I still had a, a decent following. I still had like probably 250,000 followers before but that's where I was really able to go from 250,000 to over 3 million is because things have become finally caught up with me of like this imperfect, just film on the fly stuff that comes much, much more naturally to me. You're so good at it. And what I also love is how you start every video with this sense of experience and authority. It's that you've lost hundred pounds and you're a registered dietitian, which just automatically makes people connect with you because you are living and breathing what you each and you've gone to the school and you've done all the credentials, but you've also experienced it. And even as you got pregnant and had your babies, you talked all about that and created a program for it. And now you do filtrate more about, you know, kids' health and wellness. And this all, it all starts in the home. Everyone that I talk to that, you know, is connected or wants to learn more about health and wellness or their weight or things like that. It's all about where it starts. And so you're really showing an example of how to start this at a young age, even with like, you know, your kids and the meals they're drawn to. It's just unbelievable while also being a mom who isn't 
always tempted by all the snacks. That's something that I fear is that when I have kids, I'm just going to always be eating the leftover mac and cheese, but you created a program that lives with you. Yeah. And all the little mantras, like better in the waist and on your waist and all those things. Like I, I use and need with all my kids cakes and cookies and stuff like that too. So yeah, yeah, there's always the solution. I'm very into going from problem stating to problem solving. And in my book, you can drop it. I even have like a column problem stating and a problem, you know, solving. So it's like anything, like I can't control my sweet tooth. Well, that's a statement. That's not like, you know, people don't realize that they're making statements all day long. I'm stuck at a plateau. I can't lose weight. I'm in menopause. It's going to be impossible. Like I have Hashimoto's. It'll never happen. Um, I can't control my sweet tooth. My husband self-sabotages me. Like my friends, you know, how am I going to, I can never skip wine night. Like people don't realize they're just stating problems all day. So everything, every time you problem state, you can always problem solve. So I literally like to go from like, okay, you can't control your sweet tooth. Okay. Maybe you need higher protein sweets and desserts to satisfy your sweet tooth in a productive way and also get in more protein, which you might not be getting enough of. So always problem stating to problem solving and everything. And it's, it's, a, it's constant. I, I do with like, Oh, we have no artwork in the house. Okay. That's problem stating problem solving. Like, how do I find so funny? I have so, the same, same thing in my home. It's like, I knew how to decorate the lower level, but as soon as we got to the bedrooms, I got stuck. And it's so true. It's, it's always breaking it down step-by-step But with all the noise, you know, that's something that people really turn to, you know, Ozempic as a weight loss drug, but really what people say about it is that it reduces that food noise. So how do you approach that as a dietitian? Because you said a lot of your patients come to you, whether thinking about going on it or, or having gone on it. And how do you, what advice do you give to empower somebody to have control over that food noise without necessarily going on, you know, a medication if they don't have to? Yeah. It's really a tricky situation. Like, cause I've had so many clients go on it and tell me their personal stories. So it's like so hard to, but one story in particular is a woman who, I don't, I feel bad calling her this, but she self describes herself as like L A Z Y, which I think is a very mean word, but she, again, like has all the time to scroll, but not enough to track, right? Like, so she, mm. she is not proactive and loves to problem state, not problem solve in a practical way. So she got really excited about Ozempic. Um, but this is the type of person who it doesn't really work for because she gets into this, like, okay, now I don't have to think and now I don't have to do anything. And it's very easy for her to like eat pizza. Like she went from eating slightly more quality foods, like really lack of nutrient foods and her muscle completely got depleted because she wasn't making healthy choices. She wasn't maintaining healthy lifestyle. Um, so she lost a lot of muscle, which puts her at a really high risk of weight regain fast, um, which happened. So then she went back on the medicine. Um, and it's, it's sad because she looks much older and she says she looks much older. Cause like that collagen in her face, like she just looked, but it, it, it's a, it's a tricky thing. You know, it's, it's one of these things where like, you can't out exercise a bad diet. You can't out pill an unhealthy relationship with food. And at the end of the day, everyone has to figure out a healthy relationship with food. So like I encourage her to maybe 
take a, maybe a lower even dose, you know, like enough to experience hunger. Mm -hmm. So you can have a healthy patient, calm, strategic, intellectual approach to it, not completely turn it off so that you're just eating five cookies a day. You know, it's very hard for people to not be all or nothing with everything they do, you know? And that's, by the way, the one person who tolerated it. It's unbelievable how many people just don't tolerate the medicine. Like it it seems like everyone's doing it and it works for everyone, but it is like vomiting and diarrhea and, and just, there's a lot of complications to it. It doesn't work for everyone. I think it, you know, maybe there's a place for it for some people to just get started. But again, eventually you're gonna have to learn how to eat well. And that's not a punishment. That's an opportunity. Like you get to, you get to learn how to take care of your body and you get to experience empowerment through nutrition, which really feels good and is really fun to do when you do it. So when you feel stuck in your own motivation or inspiration, what do you turn to, to reignite that energy? Great question. I just did it. Um, last week in December, I didn't wait for January 1st, but I was like, wow, I, I have a program launching on January 1st, which is this to be mindset super block. And which is a kind of like a day by day version of my weight loss program. And like, mm. you know, 2024 energy, um, snappier and sharper and everything. So people are loving it. It's a weekend and I'm getting messages. I lost five and a half pounds. I lost four pounds in week one. Um, so it's really great. And I realized if I was taking so many people through this new energy, January, this new energy, 2024, I needed to do something that challenged me as well. So I could like tap into what does this new challenge look like? So I started doing this crazy new workout. I realized that even though my weight was in a good place, I was looking soft. Mm-hmm. I like to do yoga, but I usually like a nice hybrid of yoga where there's weights involved, where there's like some cardio involved. Just keep it interesting, keep it moving, keep it energetic um, on a day-to-day fashion. And I've just been like at a loss with my old instructors not working there anymore. And my body, like same weight, but just soft, like soft around the edges. It's crazy. You could be the same weight. And, and really like when you're down to your last five, 10 pounds, like you start to really see that difference. And, um, I decided now I'm weightlifting, I'm running on this treadmill. I'm doing this class. It's so intense, but it's amazing. I never thought I could run on a treadmill more than 7.0. Like I just had it stuck in my head that that's like crazy town speed and don't go past or else you're going to break your hip. And today I went 7.3 and like survived to tell the story. And I'm just, you always got to push yourself mentally. And once you get your nutrition in a really good place with the TB mindset, it's, you start to want to exercise. You start to want to get this burst of what can my body do? Mm -hmm. And again, I am doing things now that I could never do, you know, in my teenage years, when you should be at your peak athleticism, I'm doing now in my mid thirties. So um, that keeps my mindset really sharp. I really like to start Monday to Friday, at least with like something that really challenges me physically. And I don't do cold plunges just cause I, I really like I'm allergic to the cold. So th- that that's my thing. Now I'm lifting like a little bit, five pounds heavier than I ever thought I would. And that's what makes you again, so approachable because you're so human. There's a few people like you online that not necessarily in the weight loss de- department, but, um, there's this fitness influencer, his name's Jordan Syatt. And I just love his approach because it's the same idea. He's just like, you do not have to torture yourself. You just have to start with baby steps. And for him, he built a gym in his garage, but 
and he's a big, strong guy, but he's focusing on flexibility. And he's like, for a lot of people, they can touch their toes. I can't. Here's what happened after trying to touch my toes after 30 days, you know? So it's nice to see that honesty because it's very easy to get caught up in assuming people have perfection. It all together. Yeah. Nobody has it all together. And it's always a good time to get it together. You know, it doesn't, you literally can start by just making the bed in the morning. Like it doesn't have to be the most like perfect home edit pantry yet. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just one, one step at a time. Yeah. I also just started rereading atomic habits and all such similar ideas, you know, really getting so minute about the problem down to the facts of where your shoes are by the door to where you want to get your shoes on to be at the gym to run at 7.3, you know, really looking at every system. And again, to your program, the Facebook chat, I never was a Facebook person. Obviously I know it was such a big deal to get on Facebook, but then it kind of was, why were we on it other than to get people's birthdays? But then I got in the group and I look forward to Facebook every night because the women in the to be mindset program are so generous. They will answer each other's questions, share everything. everything. And then when you do your lives on there, it feels really intimate that we're getting that, you know, closeness with you and you do answer the direct questions, but that's, what's also so powerful as the community. And that's really what people look for because we can all go online and find a diet, but it's about community, longevity, life phases, and Uh, health span. Also, like there are just so many people in our lives that want to see us fail, not because they're mean, but because they're failing internally. And so it's easy. It's just much easier to bring someone down. Mm -hmm. Like you can have a friend who just wants to eat gummy bears at dessert and be like, well, you're just like not going to eat them and make me feel bad. It's like, no, like eat them. Just do you, you know, like, I don't need to eat them for you to eat that. Right. And so that community really is special because that's a really great place to just vent and be like, I'm here to make good choices while going into my mother-in-law's. I know I'm going to get faced with peer pressure. Mm. I know you guys are going to cheer me on and like, we'll get 50 people in four seconds be like, you got this. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And also when you do you know, when you also set the trend, it draws people to follow along too, you know? So that's what makes it really fun. Do you have any ideas, Alana, of what trends might come up this year in, you know, food, nutrition? Last year we saw cottage cheese blow up, which I still don't fully understand, but I respect it. (laughs) I love it. I was making cottage cheese frosting like years ago. I I love cottage cheese. It's literally my go-to easy protein all the time. Um, But I know not for everyone. You should blend it though, because blending it is a game changer. I know. I Um, never know. I see Bethany Frangel always put her cottage cheese on her toast and it is good once in a while, but I need to, I need to get creative with it. I've never even seen her do that. Uh, Okay. So um, I definitely, I don't see cauliflower going anywhere. I just, it's, it's so versatile. It's impossible for it to go anywhere else. Um, I'm very excited in my book, you can drop it. I was very focused on like my five favorite veggies, five ways, like just get started. And one of them is cabbage. Cause I think cabbage is so deeply underrated. Mm-hmm. And I think cabbage is having this massive like moment where people are catching on. It's cheap. It lasts forever. But for the last like few weeks, maybe it's because my algorithm, but I'm seeing roasted cabbage salads. I just posted one yesterday. It was amazing. There was one that went very, very viral that I spun off. It's uh, from Eating Well. If you search in TikTok, 
eating well cabbage. It's like he does roast the cabbage and then turns it into a Caesar. And so I think cabbage, people will get the message on it. Like it had, it was kale, then it was cauliflower. And I think we're entering into a cabbage phase and I'd be really happy because- I love your cabbage it, steaks recipe. That's very amazing. inexpensive. Oh, cabbage steaks are the best. Yeah. My crispy cabbage is so good. Yeah. So- Love it. Hope, hoping for for cabbage. And the next one I'd say is meat, mm-hmm. is red meat. This is another thing I'm doing is one of my friends is- very fit mm-hmm. and very focused on fitness and her nutrition. She also like gone to a good place. Now she maintains it really well. And she, we were hanging out and Noah had all this steak and she's like, I'll eat steak right now. And it was like the middle of the day. And Noah had like this leftover steak because we were camping. And she's like, I'll eat steak right now. And it was like 11 in the morning. I'm like, damn, like no other woman would say that here. Like every other woman's like, snacking on whatever crackers like just came out from their kit like and she's like i'll eat steak right now and i loved it and i'm like my iron's low mm-hmm. he makes great steak like why am i not doing that and so my new initiative is to is actually like be okay like eating more steak and being okay eating more red meat um and i love it i actually feel good it's pairing really nicely with lifting weights and working out more i do feel like it's giving me the iron i need and you know a lot of people think like you can't do that you know, it's silly. Like you got to be open-minded to always changing something now. Exactly. And I think we also don't have to keep to these ideas of the breakfast food has to be certain things, right? It's, it's also, I I think, I think more women eating meat is actually going to be a thing that I'm like happy to help spearhead, you know, like good quality meat, like you can get lean, you can get grass fed. You know, I think we're, we're very prone to just sticking with easy like Greek yogurt, eggs, like the vegetarian-y stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more women are going to get comfortable eating more meat. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, it's so satisfying, but I think it's also getting to that place, you know, where you've really worked on your habits and seeing food for what it is, which is fuel. And again, your program is such an amazing GPS for living this lifestyle where there's just more f- mental freedom. And that's why I will always be so loyal to this program and be such a proud representative. Um, and I think also being patient and seeing it through and being consistent are all things that, you know, you represent and your program really speaks to. So thank you for all this insight. Quick shout out because I am nowhere without my prime skin four. And I'm obsessed with the new brushes you sent me. Thank you. I know they're amazing. We've been working on them for a few years and good things take time, but they really, it's the perfect tool for making your makeup feel and look even more beautiful and seamless. And it's so funny because so many people don't use makeup brushes, right? Everybody wants to use their hands. And I always say from a practical point of view. It's a game changer. The G brushes are a game changer. I was addicted to two of them. Mm-hmm. Every single day, which was like the thick one where skin, you do yeah. everything that your sister always shows her doing everything on Instagram. And the other one, which was the, the contour one, like the mm-hmm. bigger side for like the jawbone and then the smaller for the nose. But then you just sent me the triangle one for the, the corners of the brush. eye. That's brilliant. I haven't I seen anyone ever make that and I love it. And then um, also the blush to highlighter. Blush, right? Change my I love life. it. I love it. You're such a beauty girl. I mean, we have to talk about your other life where you're probably meant to be a matchmaker slash like beauty content creator. <laughs> Another day. Exactly. Alana, thank you so Thanks much. What are me. a few of your handles so that people can follow you and get tapped in like I did? Sure. Um, on 
Instagram, it's my name, I-L-A-N-A, Molstein, not the easiest thing to spell, Um, R-D, you could look at it in the bio, how to spell it. Mm -hmm. So on Instagram, it's Alana Molstein R-D, and then on TikTok and YouTube, it's Nutrition Babe. I have a podcast, um, so if you're listening to this on a podcast format, you can subscribe there too. It's uh, You Can Drop It Podcast, and my cookbook is out on Amazon, my weight loss book is out. So get started, you can do it. The next time we talk, we definitely want, I want to know more about your entrepreneurialism and running a business because I'm sure that just obviously naturally happened. Part two, no problem. Exactly. Thank you so much. This was so amazing and we'll be back. Bye. Thank you so much.